I'm like, all right, 70s dance well, number. Everyone's got these sparkly costumes yeah. and sparkling top hats. Those, and- those top hats are cool because it's just like the outline of a yep. top hat in sparkle. Yep. I like it. Yeah. So you can tell I'm excited about this part. <laughs> <laughs> sparkly top like, hats. number? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's Always a full, the yeah. They were like, you know what was lacking in the first exorcist? A tap number. Hello. It's true. Box check. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gore hounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as As the the final final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating illuminating the path to survival. survival. Hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. We are the first podcast from Indie Popcorn recording here at the Circus. Uh, This is episode number 46. Uh, We will be talking about 1977's Exorcist 2, The Heretic. This episode is titled Perverted and Perverting. Ding. And uh, the tagline for this film, it's four years later. What does she remember? I'm okay with it. I'm, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like that too. As a sequel tagline, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, you're going to bring us back in. Yeah. We're going to let us know where we are in the story. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to continue. That's the interesting thing too about uh, horror movie sequels is time is immaterial. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if it's like the next year, four years, or however many, you know, like doesn't matter. Well, it does in this matter. case because you're bringing her back and she's grown up. Well, so right. You, that's true. You know, you have to right. be on this timeline. But it doesn't, but it's not like, oh, we can, so much time has passed, we ought not to do this, you know, mm-hmm. said no horror movie sequel ever, you yeah. know? So I'm like, that, that's kind of interesting. But I like that they incorporate the time difference into the tagline. The tagline. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, so this movie was, it was made for $14 million mm-hmm. and it made $30 million. Oh, okay. So it did well. Okay. Well, box office wise, critically, uh, uh, slightly less so. Um, so, uh, so basically, uh, John Borman is the uh, director of this um, from of Deliverance fame. Um, so William Friedkin did not come back, um, and uh, I al- I hear also was not was sort of not necessarily like opposed to a sequel, but just this version of a sequel was not super keen on. So yeah, William Peter Blatty, uh, William Friedkin, and Ellen Burstyn all said no. Yeah, you, um, thank you. And originally, Linda Blair said no too, right? And then they, they lured her back in. Yeah. Uh, Blatty is uh, quoted as saying about this picture, scurrilous, a horrible picture. <laughs> so let's you know how I love it. the author feels about it. So apparently yeah. John Borman uh, was offered the original Exorcist to direct. Oh, okay. And turned it down mm-hmm. to go do Zardas. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> I did Zardas right now. Exorcist 2. Here we go, guys. <laughs> That's so funny. So he's like, so I got everything, right? I got yeah. I got an Exorcist movie. I got Zardas. Uh, and in our, our alternate universe casting here. Okay. So we, some other people who were considered for Lamont. Okay. Uh, we have uh, John Voight. Okay. David Carradine. Okay. Christopher Walken. Ooh, all and right. Jack Nicholson. Huh. I can actually see Jack, but the, the Jack Nicholson, Louise Fletcher thing, that would have been too, Ooh. it would have been too weird. Yeah, that would have been um, weird. Yeah, and uh, the the score of this movie, since, you know, we sort of talked about in the original Exorcist, there's a lot of pedigree, and that film was nominated for several Oscars, and which is kind of a rare thing. Um, to continue the sort of pedigree, not only do you have John Borman, but also um, Maura Cohn did mm. the uh, score for this one yeah. as well, which is... Yeah, which is its own kind of character in this movie um, and, uh, yeah, is something. Um, and so basically, uh, Linda Blair, we are coming back to her. Regan, she gets top billing she, in this film. Yeah, as she ought to. She's Over like, Richard Burton, though? Kind of, because, I, well, I mean, 
that's the thing is I feel like if people are coming to see Exorcist 2, are they really coming more for Richard Burton or more for Linda Blair? Right. If you are coming for actors, yes. aside from just like, I, I need myself some more exorcisms, like, you right. know. Yeah, I feel like for Linda Blair, you kind of want to see what the deal is. And four years is a big gap. So you're like, well, so what's going on? What's the thing? Um, so yeah, Richard Burton plays uh, Father Philip Lamont, um, who the beginning of this film um, is uh, sort of is, has shown up to perform an exorcism of this woman and kind of chokes. Mm-hmm. Like basically kind of can't handle it. Like she's too crazy. It's like in Spain or Mexico or something like that. And, and they have some great chanting over the credits. Yeah. And, and he's like in a very sort of narrow room and these other women are holding this woman down and she's sort of kind of going back and forth between being possessed and then not being possessed and asking like, why me? Help me. All this kind of stuff. And he's just like, it's too crazy for him. Yeah. Like he can't, he can't do it. So he doesn't. And she freaks out and sets herself on fire and like burns in front of him. Uh-huh. Um, which I'm like, wow, that would that would traumatize you just uh, just a little bit. Um, and so we then cut from that immediately to Reagan tap dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like if you haven't seen her in all this time and your memories are like, oh man, this kid. Um, and she's in this like cute little outfit, like doing a little tap number. It's and you're adorable. like, adorable. And there's like a little like flirty flirt moment with her and the saxophone player, which yeah. we never ever come back to. Yeah. But it's so adorable. Yeah. That gets abandoned immediately. But um, it's just a show like, oh, she's kind of grown up and she's kind of cute now. Yeah. And she's like, interested in boys and she's a full-fledged teenager. And, Linda Blair, I have to, I think uh-huh. is luminous in this movie i think she looks Mm -hmm. gorgeous yeah she does look gorgeous they really like make her as like adorable as possible to let you know yeah stuff's gonna terrible stuff's gonna happen yeah and actually they incorporate that kind of into the sort of the end of this movie too the way that she looks like Mm -hmm. using like reagan's looks you know, to uh, the advantage of a certain demon creature. Um, so basically, Reagan's been visiting Louise Fletcher, who plays Dr. Tuscan. And the most awesome hospital. Most, I don't even know. Like, it's like this hospital for kids who have various problems. And it's just like, like, it's you like, know, autistic and, you know, just like everything. And how do you describe it? I don't even know how to like describe it. It's like a super 70s honeycomb. Yes. Wooden glass yeah all the walls are glass so every room can see into every other room and all the doors are like these star trek doors where like you push your butt it's like it like slides you in and out it i don't like who is funding dr tuscan's work like the grants are unbelievable well you're going to be spending a lot of time in this hospital so make it look a little unique no i like it no it's very cool um and uh but yeah she basically has been obviously working with reagan for quite a bit ever since this happened and reagan's mother is off still making films having a prolific uh, film career and so supposedly that's why she's not in this movie um and uh basically reagan she asks her like you know i don't i reagan says that she doesn't remember what happened in washington and she's like i don't believe you I don't believe that you don't remember and she wants to introduce this kind of crazy hypnosis machine into their sessions to help make reagan remember and in the beginning she's like not really into it and then sort of like okay you know let's give it a try and meanwhile we go back to uh lamont and the church wants him to investigate Marin's death mm-hmm. um, and says that his reputation is being uh, sullied and that some say that he was a Satanist and he didn't really die the way that it's sort of like said that he died and he wants to go back and at beginning Lamont's like, no, like regarding exorcisms, anything to do with exorcisms, I'm not right. your guy. Because um, he, he's like exorcist shell-shocked, like no. Um, but eventually he can he feels he's not worthy, but then he's convinced to go. Um, but why would you feel that if, if someone got killed by... Um- demon that it's he's a satanist 
I don't know. Well, I think maybe part of it is that they, I mean, I don't know why these people are making up the stuff about Marin, but I think it's just that idea too of like, it It wasn't, and I imagine this must be factions within the church, whether or not you think things like that are real or not. Okay. Um, and if you think they're not, then, you know, you're trying to bring down the church. Like you're I a see. subversive element. And so you're trying to use his death as an excuse for your agenda uh-huh. and blah, 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 you know. Um, I mean, I'm just speculating on church politics. I have no idea. Um, But but yeah, so he basically goes um, and meets Dr. Tuscan and says that he's here to talk to Reagan and wants to ask about DC. And Tuscan's like, I don't think so. Don't you dare. And they begin this kind of debate that they have throughout this movie about sort of the nature of evil versus mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, And she thinks that, obviously, she doesn't think like a demon possessed Reagan. She just thinks she's like mentally ill and they need to fully investigate that for her to have like a healthy life. Um, And uh, Lamont says, one of my favorite quotes in this movie um, to Tuscan where he says, you realize what you're up against, don't you? Evil. Evil is a spiritual being, alive and living, perverted and perverting, weaving its way insidiously into the very fabric of life. Yeah. And I I love that. And I love that he also asks, uh, does great goodness draw evil upon itself? Mm -hmm. So you have this, you know, with the original exorcist as well, of course, you have this very spiritual, religious element to Mm -hmm. it. And they're keeping that real. Yeah. Keeping it strong and trying to figure out who's is science right or is religion right. Right. And also, too, like, why would why are these possessions occurring? Like, why would it pick Reagan? Like, what, what is it about her? And so I feel like this movie you know, Linda Blair being kind of the only continuing factor of this film, I think it really tries to explore in its sequel. Um, they try and go deeper with the character. Like why? Her? It's like next level. We take yeah. our lead and we go next level with them. Yeah. So like, why her? What is it about her? Why did it pick her? And I think you definitely bring this idea of that sort of like the better person you are, the more likely you are to be picked. Mm-hmm. And that's something that will kind of come to fruition as this movie goes on. I think that's an interesting way to attack your sequel is mm-hmm. to say, okay, we're just going to keep going with the same idea yeah. and like pick her. But go um, go further into it. And she has uh, this incredible apartment. <laughs> I know. It's like, wow, it must be nice to have a mom who's a movie star in, you know, and the she, 70s. And Jeez. Like all glass and mm-hmm. like reflective. And there's, she keeps doves upstairs yeah. on the roof. Because it's in, they've moved to New York. So right. the begin- so this movie takes place in New York versus DC. Yeah. No, it is it is spectacular. And her outfit and like the outfits, like she has like at one these point ensembles like, that are cream colored velvet culotte <laughs> jumpsuit. And she's not wearing a bra and it's just like, wow. Yeah. No, it's yeah. You're gonna flaunt her little figure for all like that. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so with uh Lamont there, they decide to do this little hypnosis with the this synchronizer the synchronizer i really like the synchronizer sound effect yeah that it's like the lower tone i feel like in reading about this movie too like it seems to me like because obviously when this movie came out it was not received critically very well and apparently they had screenings where people were throwing things at the screen and like screaming at the filmmakers and apparently the synchronizer is when everyone where it like went off the rails for really? everyone yeah i like the synchronizer stuff i didn't think it was so crazy. it's gonna go way off the rails later but. sure but apparently like that's not people were just like i don't i don't know what exactly they wanted but they they did like synchronizer too silly like in you know 1977 too silly too huh. crazy too Interesting. yeah and so i don't know if it's like i think a lot of things like the synchronizer have come after it so maybe we're just so used to this kind of stuff or this mm-hmm. kind of element and maybe in 1977 that that wasn't so much a thing so it just seemed really silly and stupid i don't know um but yeah they do it and it's kind of this cool thing where like you get hooked up with like the little band around your forehead and all the wires and you have to look into this light that makes this awesome noise that Julia was talking about and has this like flashing strobe light in your face. And then there's another one on the opposite side of it and the other person gets hooked up to it. So if z- as you go down into hypnosis, so if you're trying to be regressed back to your childhood and to your childhood home, 
if the other person gets hooked up to it, they go back to what you're regressing to. So they can see your childhood home and they can see, you know, everything that you can see under your hypnosis, um, which is kind of a cool idea. It's a great idea. It's just, it's so weird that they're doing such like a hard religion versus science. And then you have this bit of science that doesn't actually exist. That's just completely fabricated for this film. Uh That like, oh, we can go into hypnosis together. Yeah. Like, "Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, but it's a cool idea. It is a cool idea. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and obviously like from filmic purposes, it looks amazing because it's yeah. just everyone just staring into these like bright lights, like, you know, saying crazy things. Um, so basically they want it. They start taking Reagan back to D.C. to what the house was like and all this kind of stuff. And then as she starts doing it, um, Tuscan starts fibrillating. Um, and so they're like, oh, no, what's going on? And so Reagan comes out of it and Lamont switches uh, switches spots with Reagan and he goes back under in order to get Tuscan. And when he does, he is in the room with Father Marin mm-hmm. when when Reagan was like 12 years old and possessed and uh, and father and like the demon was actually squeezing Father Marin's heart. And then they have this weird kind of overlay shot where like her hand is squeezing Tuscan's heart mm-hmm. just as it was squeezing Marin's heart. So, like two things are happening simultaneously. And um, so because he can see all that, he's able to like get Tuscan out of it. So she's OK. Um, but before they take her out of it, they tell her that she won't remember anything which I'm not exactly sure what that's in aid of but whatever mm-hmm. um so she snaps out of it and she's like oh that felt really crazy but she doesn't uh but she doesn't remember anything it doesn't kind of know what, what's going on um so then Reagan draws this interesting picture of Lamont in flames uh-huh. and I think you have I think this is sort of the beginning of like Reagan has special powers right which is a big element of this she's movie. a special girl yes there was a reason that she's picked right which is not a factor at all in the first film. No. It was just like, adorable little girl, so sorry. Um, but this one is like, there's something, there's like the chosen one element of this. Um, so yeah, so she draws this specific picture of Lamont in flames, and he sees it and goes ballistic. And he's right. like, starts looking throughout the hospital for a fire, and runs down to the basement, and Tuscan's like, what is your deal? He's like, something's on fire. I know it, something's on fire. And sure enough, there's this box full of stuff, which I think is meant to be Reagan stuff. Okay. Is it? I think. I don't yes. know. Um, it's like childhood stuff that is on fire. And so Tuscan sees it and he starts like beating it, like trying to like beat the fire out. And she goes to run to like call the fire department. And when she looks back, she can see Lamont through the flames, just like in Reagan's picture. And so she it's like, saw it. Hmm, bum, bum, bum. What does that mean? And Lamont looks at her like, right. Are we on the same page yet? Well, they also show that she has some special powers because she there's the scene where she like brings an autistic kid out of it to speak. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. they, like, but she also, oh, she's a healer. Uh, yeah, she can she can reach into her mind and uh-huh. pull her out, and like she never speaks, but now she speaks. Yeah. But she also tells that little autistic girl that she was possessed by a demon. <laughs> no, when she's maybe, really like casual about it. Maybe no. Why are you here? Oh, I was possessed by a demon. Oh, don't worry, I'm you, okay. Yeah, now. I know exactly. But we can still be friends. Um, okay. Um. But yeah, so they have so, and then you start having these. Reagan starts, I think, sort of after the hypnosis machine, start to have these like crazy dreams where she dreams of Marin in Africa, like as a younger man, and it's there's the beginning of this this cam that we'll see a lot in this movie, a lot, which we'll call locust cam, mm-hmm. um, which is. Uh, it's it's kind of like a close up of a locust, like a single locust flying, and then you see what the locust sees, and in this case, it's the locust outside of a window looking in on Father Marin, um, who's with a boy um, who is, uh, you know, you'll later see is sort of a plague of locusts devouring a field, and the little boy is like chanting and doing crazy things and drives all locusts away. So like he has special powers too. 
you're like, all right, we'll see how that comes around. Um, and while she's having this dream, she starts sleepwalking and nearly sleepwalks off her balcony yeah. um, in New York City, which is kind of a scary sequence. Yeah. Because you're like, I think Linda Blair's really up there. I think she's just on the edge of this roof. Yeah, this like really high roof and just... John Borman's like, you can do it. Just do it. It'll just do fine. it. Just, just jump. It's fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and uh, But then that's, I think, the first time that we see Sharon. So Sharon's like... I mean, who was she from the first one? Like the nanny or like the housekeeper? Yeah, they have. It's it's kind of cool that they just take like a minor character from uh-huh. the first film and expand her into this like lo- huge character with a like, great backstory. Yeah. And like she mm-hmm. has all of this monologue. Yeah, and- she does. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, she's meant to be kind of the Chris McNeil figure. Yes. Like the mothering figure. Like right, that easily could have been Ellen Burstyn, but they just course. made it. Yeah. But she's taking care of Reagan while the mom's away. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's also kind of cool because you, I like that idea of like you take a character who has really been through the ringer and in the sequel they're kind of different like you know since we, we talked a couple episodes back about the randy character from scream mm-hmm. and in scream 2 he's really different in part of what he because of what he's gone through right where he's just like look i've been through some stuff now yeah. let me tell you you know um and i think that's kind of cool and sharon's definitely that in this movie and it's cool because like who thinks about the housekeeper in that film like yeah. she's just a throwaway character and then you're like but she went through it too man and like yeah. she saw some stuff as well so no, definitely yeah because she and um lamont decide to go to uh dc to go look at the house and they look at the original house and they go up that staircase mm-hmm. and they go into the front and it's like covered with like barbed wires like all the way around the front of it to kind of like keep out and uh and it's great and like this actress really gives like richard burton a run for his money because like they're wandering around and kind of talking about what she saw or whatever and you could tell she's like traumatized yeah like super traumatized. She still has not made peace with what happened. She doesn't know. And she has this weird relationship with Reagan where she really loves her, like loves her like a daughter, but I think is also frightened of her Mm -hmm. like and frightened of like it coming back again. And like, that's kind of a cool dynamic, a cool relationship to have, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're like, I want to take care of you, but also you might kill me later. Right. So it's like, I can't abandon you, but also you're little and adorable. So also, yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, and then they go. They do the hypnosis machine again, and again. This time, Reagan is going back, and we see more of like this Marin in Africa thing. So I guess Max von Sydow also comes back because yes. it's like young Marin flashback mm-hmm. Marin. Um, and you see him, and and basically you find out more about this boy, and that this boy is totally like a parallel with Reagan. Like he had special powers in Africa, um, and he was like a healer, but then. Pazuzu inhabits yes. the boy. Pazuzu, the mm-hmm. king of the spirits of the air. Yep. Uh, which was the name that they had given the demon that possessed Reagan in the original, um, had possessed this boy um, in uh, Africa, and uh, Marin had tried to exercise the boy, or had exercised the boy, um, out of Pazuzu. So that's why Pazuzu recognized Marin later. Um, when uh, kind of a cool link which is kind of cool and actually that i kind of buy yeah like i kind of you know that a demon would be like oh you oh you i'm coming back for you i hate you but how would he how would that demon know that father Marin would be called in to reagan's thing i don't think he did but i also feel like there's probably what like nine guys that do exorcisms so yeah. it's like you know the chances are pretty high you know yeah. if you got your you know your same demon guy who's just like constantly <laughs> possessing children you know <laughs> and it's like i know you you know it's like that cop that runs into that serial killer again i'm like really fred really we're doing this again <laughs> sorry uh we are um so so, the, so it, and that it brings up also the idea that pazuzu is picking sort of young children or young people who are healers. Yes. And that's like part of, that's part of his dickishness. So um, uh, Richard Burton decides that he needs to go to Africa. Yes. To find Kakumo. Which is this little boy's name. And if you took a drink every time they said it. <laughs> they do like the word Kakumo. A lot. Yeah. Um, and so we get a lot more like, and this is the part of the movie where it was a little bit like, I don't know what's going on right now, where 
just before Burton goes to Africa, you have this like crazy locust cam that like goes across the Serengeti it's, and it's like chasing zebras and going up mountains and coming. So many villagers running in terror. From the locust, who I think the locust is Pazuzu, I See, think. See, like the synchronizer, I buy it. The locust, what? What? And then, the, and then it all ends up going towards like this house and out of the house comes James Earl Jones with like a locust hat on like a sort of like a like like he killed a giant locust he's now wearing its skin if that was a thing but whatever and then he like lion roars at the locust and then we're snapped out of it and you're just you were like what how did that sound good on paper and or (laughs) in real life i feel like i gave a very clear explanation of it right now and i'm still confused i'm not not quite sure i don't feel like the locusts need to be involved like it's like demon we got it yeah locusts why because i mean I don't know. Like the locust I, is is Pazuzu when it's not inhabiting in, a body. Is like a swarm of locusts who comes and ravages your villages and like eats all your crops. All right. Yeah. I could be okay with that. Okay. Like demon in, I just don't not, know why, in a person. I don't know why there's just so much locust cam of like that one locust. It's so, like the same locust. And so like that's supposed to be Pazuzu when it's outside a body. Oh, it's just like a single locust, not a swarm. But it's like that same, you know, that one locust yeah. that they just show over and over again. Sure. And it's like constantly. But I thought demons like had a body as well. Like, do you not just have like a demon body? No, I don't. I, th- I think, no, I think you're just like floating in the ether. Oh, so you're, and then you're you get sick constantly of, searching right. for bodies. Exactly. And then you get sick of that. And then you're just like, well, that kid looks good. And then you like slide in there. Okay. Right? Hmm. I think. I think. All right. This is the things I might be making up. Um, so yeah, so basically, um, so Lamont goes and is, you know, uh, trying to, and, and he and Re- Reagan briefly meet at the Natural History Museum before right. he goes to, and he kind of is just like, hey, you know, I kind of, I've seen things, you've seen things, because they sort of have this psychic link now because of the synchronizer. Um, and he's like, I'm going to go to Africa and find Kukumo and see what we can, how we can sort this thing. So he goes, and it's interesting because they, when they go, he has this sort of like insane temple worship scene in this church yeah you have to climb hundreds of feet to get they've never built stairs you just have to climb like with a rope like right and people are just constantly falling to their deaths yeah it's like desert mount everest that's like that's just where they live and worship but also people routinely yeah just fall there's no stairs there's no nothing it's just you're like pinned up against these rocks that you're trying to i don't know um difficult yeah but it seems so they go and they have sort of this insane like he's observing them worship but it's very frantic and it's very like they're just kind of possessed and he starts asking everyone like do you know kukumo have you seen him and then nope everyone's purposely not helping him mm-hmm. like they're sort of like the police there who are like no i don't know who you're talking about and these other guys like take him to like a prostitute like oh yeah we know and then they just take him to a prostitute and he's like uh no definitely not and they're like, uh, oh ha 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 hilarious priests and prostitutes um and uh and so then they they and then it's great too because you know sort of the funny cutbacks that we were talking about earlier while he's in the throes of doing this, you just cut back to Reagan's tap dancing number again. Uh-huh. So what she was practicing for at the beginning of the film, now it's like a full-on 70s tap dance. It's like a chorus line It's my over there. favorite part of the film. <laughs> really? I'm like, all right, 70s tap dance well, number. Everyone's got these sparkly costumes yeah. and sparkling top hats. Those, and... the, those top hats are cool because it's just like the outline of the yep. top hat in sparkle. Yep. I like it. Yeah. So you can tell I'm excited about this part. <laughs> <laughs> sparkly top like, hats. number? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's Always a full, the yeah. They were like, you know what was lacking in the first exercise? a tap number Hello. it's true box checked um so yeah so they kind of cut back and forth where he's looking for uh kakumo tap dance number looking tap dance number and then he finally finds him and again it's, it's james earl jones on this throne 
with his loc with his locust hat on again. It's like a full outfit, like locust. Yeah, outfit. yeah. But it's got like the little like antenna uh -huh. and the eyeballs and the. It's like, just sitting in a cave waiting for him. Right. I like those when like someone's waiting for you. Yeah. Like, oh, you've been you've come across the world. I know. Yeah. I'm waiting for you. Yeah. I feel like that's like an, a sign of omnipotence. Like uh -huh. when you're like you're just so like you know everything that's happening, so you just constantly sitting in chairs like waiting for people to you're show like, up. Uh, they're late. Oh my gosh! Come on, keep going. Um, and so yeah, like basically he finds him and he sort of you know kind of tells him like, okay, are you are you really ready to go down this rabbit hole? Like you want to know what this is all about? And there's like this like floor mat of spikes that's mm -hmm. like right in front of him, and he basically tells him like, if you really have faith, like because he sort of questions his idea of faith. Like you say you're a priest and you say you have faith, but like. If you really did, you would say, walk across these spikes right now in order to figure out the mysteries of the world. And Richard Burton's like, mm, and then he's like, you got to do it. And so he does. But like, as he's falling on the spikes, like Reagan starts freaking out. And so you have that kind of that go back and forth where like Sharon's watching the tap number. And then all of a sudden Reagan starts freaking out. Like she falls off the stage and she freaks out kind of like how she did in the first movie. Uh -huh. And you can just see Sharon's face is like, oh, no, not again. No, please, please, no, please, no, please, no. Um, but then once he does fall on the spikes, again, I don't understand this. James Earl Jones becomes a scientist yep. in a lab. And so Richard Burton sits up from having fallen on the spikes in the cave, and he's now in a lab where James Earl Jones is the same character, but is in a lab coat, and is now like, oh, P.S., I'm a scientist. I study locusts. Come look at my locusts. I think maybe it was like he went to go see him, like, this is what he expected him to be like. Okay. And then this is actually what he really is like. Like, he expected so him to be this like- So what he saw was just an expectation in his head? Maybe. Okay. That's the best I got, man. Like okay, I, okay. I have no I have no answers for this film because yeah. it's it's bananas and yeah. I don't understand this locust thing, but like maybe he's like, oh, he's gonna be this tribal warrior, but instead he's just a scientist who's like, I'm I study locusts and I know their patterns and this is their deal. Okay. And, to me all the time. I know. And you're like <laughs> I call that locust Thursday. locust um, warrior versus scientist. It's like, expectations yeah. versus fantasies, you okay. know? But he talks and he points out, he talks about a specific lo a young female who is a good locust, and it's one that doesn't do with all the other ones it doesn't destroy and cause carnage like the other ones do it actually like abates it and like makes like the other swarms like chill out a little bit because she's like a good influence is this real metaphor, does this, metaphor, really, metaphor, does this metaphor. really happen in locus I mean, probably not i don't think that. so it doesn't matter okay. um but yeah this is this is what they tell her so lamont decides to go so decides to go home and meanwhile uh reagan has fleed uh left the hospital with uh, to go back to the Natural History Museum and she has stolen the synchronizer um, because Tuscan doesn't want her to use it again. Like, crazy things are happening. I don't understand what's going on. You and Lamont, it's it's too weird because she's still very, like, mental illness, right. team mental illness. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, uh, but uh, Lamont basically meets her at the Natural History Museum and they decide to do the hypnosis machine again, just the two of them, and unsupervised. And they, like, go, go into a hotel room and everyone's kind of like, What's going on there? Why is there a gross. priest and a young girl? Like, that's... We'll just go in this skeezy hotel room together. What no, are we no, going to do? we're just doing a weird hypnosis machine together. Yeah, yeah. come it, on, guys. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Get your mind out of the gutter. Um, and so uh, they do it, but, like, when they do it, like, Lamont kind of is, like, like he becomes super super hypnotized, and I think he kind of gets sort of briefly possessed. I by, think it's or like, lured by possession. I think it's like both of them. Like now, because they're in it together, and it's like she's going to become this like dark version of herself that right. he's going to be. But he's into. not. 
she's not in the moment because when he like goes, you know, snap and is just like walking out and she's, right. him, she's like, father, father, like trying to get him because she seems normal. It's not until they get to the house. Uh, so it's like a transfer thing. Yeah. Like now it's, so it's Pazuzu been like dormant in Reagan this whole time. And, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. I think so. And now he's he's yeah. coming out again. As we're talking about this movie is making more sense to me. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Good. I'm uh, glad. <laughs> I like how my part so much of this movie is like, is this what this is? Is this what well? This you is? ask, I answer. I it's know. probably wrong, but, <laughs> but maybe we're yeah. just we're trying something. Um, so basically, they go back to the house um, that they went to originally, and uh, and uh, Reagan's able to call Sharon and Tuscan just before they leave to be like, oh, by the way, we're taking a train back to DC. I gotta go by. They're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, um, and so they take a flight to DC, a very last minute flight, and um, and it's a little bit of kind of that stuff that reminded me a lot of the Changeling where things start happening to slow them down mm -hmm. to call, and you kind of have that sense that like the devil is trying to like make it difficult for him or like they see a car accident Tuscan has to help or like the flight has a lot of turbulence or mm -hmm. stuff where it's sort of these omens of like don't go don't go don't go like Pet Cemetery does that too exactly but they feel like they have to go um and uh and so they go to the house and just before they get there uh so uh Reagan and um Lamont are already there and they're just before they get in a cab and just before they arrive at the house, um, like I, like the windshield shatters, like kind of on its own. And the cabbie is like, well, I can't see anything. What's going on? The car starts spinning out of control. And the cabbie like punches through the glass, <laughs> through the cracked windshield in order to see it. I'm like, well done, cabbie. But it's all for naught because they crash into the front of the house in this horrific car crash. I feel like we've seen a few like terrifying car crashes in these movies and this one's really bad because it like they crash through the front of the house but because there was that barbed wire all the way around yeah. it it like gets into the car and so it's like they're in like tangled metal and barbed wire and it's just like it is a and the cabbie is just like Aww. obliterated poor he was poor doing cabbie. such a good job he was doing such a good job yeah poor cabbie um and it's really bad and uh and so when you go back upstairs, uh, Lamont has walked into the room where Reagan was originally possessed, and there's like seductress Reagan, yeah. Pazuzu Reagan is now Sup on the bed, but she's like but super also she's, hot. It's yes. not possessed at all. It's well, she like, has the crazy eyes. She has though. the crazy eyes, but yeah. the rest of her is super. It's not like you know, like she's so horrific looking you know when she's possessed in the right. first one and this is like she's possessed but she's like hot possessed, hot possessed. Yeah, so she's like wearing like sexy outfit, right? Plus. Pazuzu. Right. But then there's also regular Reagan who's like behind. So she walks in and sees like Father Lamont sees sexy possessed Reagan and was like, okay. And then certainly starts going to the bed and like macking on her. So who is, who is that then? I don't, I, it's like an image. It's like. Is a, it not real? Is it a hallucination? Because they touch, they touch each other, right? Yeah. And it's like, is Pazuzu have this alternate form that mm -hmm. it can just like the dark version of you, it can just assume now. And what is the plan? Like we have sex and then you have my demon, I have demon baby. Like what is, yeah. I don't know what that is. Or maybe it's just like I'm going to use the seduction and then eventually kill you because like killing priests is fun for me. Sure. But why are you just not using real Reagan? Right. I don't know. And yeah, like well, the fact that there's two of them is a little confusing. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of confusing. And then when you go back outside and so Reagan's basically like pleading with the father and he's just totally ignoring her. And when you go back outside, Sharon has uh, extracted herself from the car and Tuscan's asking for help. But, like, Sharon's kind of possessed now, too. And this I didn't totally understand either, like, where exactly she's at. Because she's kind of possessed and won't 
help Tuscan. And then Tuscan's like, okay, well, at least if you're not going to help me, go help Reagan. And she has that crazy smile uh-huh. on her on her face. And I'm like, what? what is that smile? What is that? And Tuscan eventually gets herself out of the car. And she starts kind of like pleading with Sharon, to like, okay, please come with me. Like, let's, let's, let's get stuff done. Let's do it. And Sharon realizes that she's standing in a bunch of gas from the car. And there's like a headlight just hovering. And she kind of looks at Tuscan like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. And Tuscan's like, no, 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 don't do it. And she smashes the headlight and lights herself on fire. Uh-huh. And I don't really know why that is. Like, why does she do that? Like, I can't, like, I can't take it anymore. It's too crazy. Or I've also been possessed by Pazuzu and... Zuzu wants me, is making me do well, this? Well, because she, like, uh, eventually she asks her, she asks her, like, because Sharon says, like, before she she dies mm-hmm. of being toasted, mm-hmm. she's like, I chose evil. That's her last line, right? Yeah. So, like. Well, I chose evil, Reagan. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, like, she, like, so she kind of gave into the, but, like, this is, like, I'm I'm confused about demon powers here. Like, if, yeah. can Pazuzu possess several people at once and also project this image of, like, evil Reagan at the same time? Mm-hmm. And, like, how far is it reaching? Why does it not reach Tuscan? Mm-hmm. Like, where is it all going? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I like that Sharon has a very dark turn. Yeah. I like that she, like, can't take it but anymore. But what's the giving in to evil? Like, what? how is the suicide a giving in to evil? Is it just, like, in a strict Catholic sense? Yeah, like, because why? You, you I committed a mortal be... sin or, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah, or it's like I know this will hurt Reagan, so nope. I don't know. Okay, yeah, okay, okay nothing. Okay, yeah, I'm not. I'm confused either. Um, so uh, yeah, so basically, you know, once that once that starts happening, and you know, Pazuzu is is uh tells Lamont that he has to kill Reagan, and he starts to do it, um, and she's basically like, you know begging him not to and there's so many cutbacks like after Sharon's lit on fire they just keep cutting back to her burning and you're like and then it's like locusts and the house is falling apart and like it's all yeah. just like this it's basically everything just kind of explode and I will say the effects of the house falling apart and the locusts coming in is awesome yeah. like I'm like oh that's where all the money went for this movie because it is you can just tell it's like a giant hydraulic set piece and like there's crazy wind and crazy locusts and it's 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 awesome um and basically like but Reagan finally gets Lamont to sort of like like finally like see her and he goes over and starts beating up Pazuzu Reagan mm-hmm. and rips out her heart. Yeah. Um you're like, "Oh, okay, cuz you are you're literally there, so there so is then, a heart to rip so, out." Yeah, so there is an actual physical yes. being now that's just been hanging out at the house this whole time. I don't know. I'm Pazuzu, confused. you confuse me. <laughs> you're so you're a confusing demon. Mm-hmm. Um uh so yeah, so basically like just, like everything starts spinning and 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 uh the house kind of eats itself Mm -hmm. sort of until there's nothing left um and then all the locust dies um and then you you i thought i was like sharon's definitely dead but then it kind of reminded me of the the priest who fell down the stairs you know where it's like like she's still alive and she says the i tuscan holds holding her and says i gave in to evil reagan and then dies um and reagan's really sad and then uh tuscan basically tells father lamont like you guys got to go like you got to take her and you got to it's basically the like you were totally right mm-hmm. it was evil the whole time like whatever that just was was not mental illness um and uh and it's basically like you guys got to go um and so it's a little sort of Salem's Lot ending kind of where like the two of them must go off and like walk or walk the earth and <laughs> do what you know I don't know what you do yeah you know? what do you do just like a run away from Pazuzu your whole lives that seems that's tough um but yeah basically like they go off and that's that's the end of it. Like that's kind of so. It's it's like um, like they beat Pazuzu, but it's like they just beat him slash her for now. Right. It's not a like ultimate like. Well, that is all over. Never again, shall. It's like the we always have to keep running kind of ending, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I just I, it's just muddled. 
this movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's yeah. the clear through line of of like Reagan and the hypnotism and the science versus religion, and then you get all this weird locusty stuff into it, and like mm-hmm. you don't need it. It's just too much stuff, and yeah. I'm not clear on it. Yeah, because it's like the parts that you can understand or are really and really follow. You're just like, oh, okay, that's really cool. Oh, okay, that's cool. And then like things will happen or sequences will happen, and yeah, you're so like, I don't know, movie, and I really want to be with it because there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Yeah, but when you're not with it, you're super not with it, and you have no idea what's well, going on. Well, you can't. I think it wants it both ways because it wants you to have more of the Reagan character, but also like let's go to Africa. It's a bigger scale. And like, you don't need to go to Africa, man. Like just stay with Reagan and deal with her. And like, that's what's interesting. And really we don't need, I mean, I love him, but like we don't really need Father Marin in this movie. Like he doesn't need to come back. Like we got it. We got his whole deal from the last movie. Like there's, I can see why you would want to bring back Chris, but like you don't need to bring, really bring back Father Marin. It's like this whole other separate, like why Pazuzu recognized him thing. That was not a big question that needed answering. Sure. You know? Um, so do you want to do a gore factor? Sure. Okay. Uh, gore factor. We got one, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. Five, run for the barf bag. We gave this a three. Yeah. There's nasty car accident. There's some exorcism stuff. The car accident is horrific. Like that is just, that's, that's no good. Um, movie rating zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastagorical. You and I both gave this a two and a half. Yeah. Um, I also, I didn't really uh, mention it when we were talking about it, but like the score in this thing is really cool too. Like I really enjoy the score. Like I think it's really crazy and, you know, but it's it's like uh, most of the time when the score is like at its like apex of like crazy music, mm-hmm. blah, 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 it's the parts where I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. A lot so of like, like the locusty stuff. Where like it, the screams, like yeah, there's a lot of screams little, that are It reminded me uh, a little bit of Suspiria, a little bit of the goblin-like yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. in voices, but not in a pleasant way kind right. of voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they brought on the big guns for the score, but you know. Yeah, I know. But it's just like, but yeah, again, it's sort of like the, I, I think this movie definitely has that sequel problem where... The, I mean, The Exorcist, making a sequel to The Exorcist is a lot. And I feel like they really tried to do bigger and better right. and like expand the universe and all this kind of stuff in a crazy way. And I think that's an interesting idea. But like we've talked about uh, in previous episodes, if you know, if, if you're sort of not consistent on what your mythology is and what Pazuzu can do or can't do, yeah. and then you, it just it all kind of falls apart because you know the the premises of the, the premise of these original films is pretty cut and dry. Right, like no one's confused after The Exorcist. You're yeah, not you're like, like I know how what... did that even work? Right. Like, no, like you get a hundred percent. Like I got it. You know. So if the idea is sort of why does Pazuzu possess these people? Why does it pick these people? And what's that about? Like, okay, that's interesting. But then they just added all this other stuff. Sure. Like, and like Reagan as a, as a final girl, like she doesn't do much really. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of her kind of being hypnotized and a lot of her like mm-hmm. trying to help other people, but not a lot of her own stuff. But isn't that kind of the nature of the character? Because she doesn't really save herself either in the first go round. Like she's sort of the final girl that because of the what happens to her, it's always like other people have to save her. Well, then I think it'd be more interesting to have her here saving herself. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That he's mm-hmm. like, okay, we saw her be a kid. She couldn't do it as a kid, but yeah. now she's an adult. She can figure it out. Ha ha. Better See, idea. We had a better idea. <laughs> I was not alive. I was going to say we, we weren't alive when this happened. But, but um... if, it, if I was, maybe I could have made a better Exorcist too. Uh, yeah. So next, uh, next four episodes, we've decided to do another little theme, just because well, why not? Uh-huh. Um, so we're going to do uh, little 
little monsters, little creatures yeah. that mm-hmm. are the horror. Creature uh, features. Yeah, creature. There you go. Um. You said it. Uh, so what better way to start off your creature features than with critters? Yeah, it's the original little creature feature. Um, yeah, these movies are interesting too because they sort of, they there's definitely some humor that is often incorporated in the, to varying degrees of success with these little creature ones. Um, and so, yeah. Because you have to, if it's a little creature, you have to have kind of a sense of humor. I it's was like, going to say, it's always it. kind of silly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It sort of like goes back to Child's Play we were talking about where it's, silly um but uh but yeah so that's what our next few are going to be about all right we will see you next week for critters yeah see you guys